where we discuss horror movies featuring children. Because parenting can be scary. And kids are definitely creepy. Look at you. Midnight. Moonlight. Surrounded by death. It's been too long. It has been too long. It truly has. Ah, oh, literally, literally, and emotionally, figuratively, too long. Spiritually, spiritually, too long, and it feels very good to be back in this room with you, holding a microphone, yes. talking to our dear listeners. However, not really with a scary movie this time. No, not a scary one, and but still something that feels very canonical mm. is that even the word it's in our book mm. this book this one here this one the mummy and daddy yes book. yes Kotong. <laughs> yes it felt like the right choice as we wound down a summer of uh camps our first summer of summer camps and we we have tales to tell we do yeah this one really felt like it's hard not to think of summer camp movies and not think of this movie. And yet it's on lists for the uh, top Thanksgiving movies because of the musical. Oh, get out of here. Uh, well, it's, I think it speaks to a lack of Thanksgiving movies, really. Well, Adam's Family Values is actually more of a Thanksgiving movie. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. really, really a mm. a stupid take. <laughs> I, I agree. I don't think I had seen this movie before. Like I oh, parts wow. of it were parts of it were familiar because I think I just had seen parts of it mm-hmm. in the in the Zeitgeist. Yeah. Um quite a macabre tale. Mmm. Macabre. <laughs> and so, uh yeah, I I would agree that this is definitely a summer camp movie above all else. Yes. Um a and newlyweds movie. Yeah, or yeah, just a fun a fun dark comedy. Um I there I was scared by some parts of Adam's family values. Oh. Yes. Should we do you want to talk about them now? I mean, we can we can just let that cliffhanger be if you want. We can talk about it later. As long as you remember your fears. I I shan't forget them. They were my favorite parts of the movie. Oh, oh! You hold them dear and close to you. Mm. It's a strange thing to do with fear. Well, Wu, as I was putting him to bed tonight, said, um, "Hey, mom, uh, when I was little, um, I dreamt of a very scary song, and I can't remember it, but it was <sighs> very scary." I said, "Okay, good night." <laughs> <laughs> so, if you don't remember your fears. You're doomed to forget them. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then you set the music box by the door and walked away. <laughs> yes. Um, the, yes, this was a summer camp movie, and we had some summer camp fun. Um, 
And just like the summer camp in this movie, our summer camp fun was cut short. It was indeed, yes. Uh, and But this was also a very short summer. Like it was just two months. Yeah. And so we didn't have a ton of camps, although it felt like it at the time. It felt very strange. Like the whole summer camp thing, I imagine just continues to feel strange each year. Even if you go to the same ones and you build a rapport with the people there. Mm -hmm. I just feel like every parent I saw at any of these camps was just like, eh, what are we doing? We're leaving our kid here. Okay. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. And just no one cares. Um, and a lot of them seem very much like schools or at schools. Yeah, yeah, they, you, it's like faux school. And then, um, so Wu went to uh, a couple science camps, a little r- robot camp. And then at the very end of the summer, uh, he went to a sports camp, which I was very excited about because um, he had never done anything like that before. And um, I thought he was enjoying it, but he really only went to but two days of it before. Um, I got a call from the camp saying that Wu was complaining about his thumb hurting. His thumb was hurting him so much and he couldn't stop crying. And I was like, this was like day two of a week after, you know, quote unquote vacation, but just basically like full time taking care of the kids. I was enjoying my morning. Yeah. The camp was only from nine to noon. You know, that's the thing about these camps. Like if they're... They're so expensive, and then if they're just half day, it's it's meaningless, mm-hmm. but it's also very precious. So I was like, okay, guess I'm going to. Um, also, this some of the camps were a little further away, like in the town over. So it's just uh, yeah, it's a longer commute, and also your commute changes week to week if you change camp locations. Mm-hmm. I look forward to dialing that in a little bit better next summer. For sure. For sure. Um, it was the Wild West, though. Like, I was really nervous. Probably Emily Oster got me very nervous in the family firm about uh, summer camp selling out. Um, so yeah. I, I got on it pretty pretty early. Which I think was the right thing to do because I, I was talking to some friends who camps did sell out. And they ended yeah, up yeah, yeah. in, like the school's camp program, which of course is like they, they opened registration for later. Cause I just don't think they had their shit together yet. And, um, you know, he said their kid hated it because mm. it was basically just being at like aftercare at school all day mm. for the summer, like at the school. I think it's the same. It was at oh, the gosh. same school or at a similar, you know, public school. That's depressing. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. So, so I think you're right to jump on it. Yeah. Um, and I think, well, that one camp, that one sports camp was the one that he was doing with his two little buddies, his mm-hmm. two little t-ball buddies. And it was like the last one before going back to school. Nice well, little refresher. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I go and pick him up for his thumb hurting um, mm-hmm. that Wednesday. Oh, yeah. He missed the Monday. He went on Tuesday. Then on Wednesday... Or Thursday, I can't remember. Either way, it wasn't long before um, his thumb was hurting so much. And then by the time I got him home, he had a fever. And then I tested him for COVID and it was positive. So um, he had COVID thumb, 
one COVID of, thumb. One That's, of the worst maladies, really. They don't talk about it enough in the media. I na- yeah, I had never heard of it, but yet it was his most prominent symptom. <laughs> um, because uh, even Boo got got the COVID right away. Um, both of them were sick for um, maybe six hours. I think that's right. Yeah. Fevers Which, were certainly gone by the next day. Yeah. And like, that's wonderful. That's a wonderful thing. I'm so glad they weren't sick. But also, would have been nice to just have Plop some, em. Yeah, have some naps. Mm-hmm. This is like the time you were also struggling with trying to prepare them for school while also letting them convalesce. Like you really wanted Boo to drop his nap before he started yes, TK. Yes, yes, yes. And really wanted to get them up earlier and stuff like that. So that really threw a wrench in those plans because they kind of yeah. just had to do it, what they could and would. But ultimately, because they're not moving around very much, Boo wasn't as tired. And because his symptoms really cleared up quickly, he wasn't really napping anyway. Or like would sometimes. And it wasn't really, it was just a weird. It's a weird thing. And I think a lot of parents feel this with COVID and how really it's just the logistical nightmare. I mean, we went through it last year around this time with you having it. And Uh then um, we kind of uh, woo, boo, and then me getting uh covid kind of staggered meant basically like a two-week isolation uh-huh. over which time was our 10-year wedding anniversary cheers to you Josh. cheers to you indeed congratulations thank you um and also getting ready for your 40th birthday which just happened a few days ago that's right so we were uh, very nervous that you were going to get covid and then couldn't celebrate it was just it was a time it was. And somehow I dodged that bullet and still people f- who celebrated my birthday with me got COVID. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're doing great. So, yeah, Keep the up. end of this, the moral of the story is I'm doing great. I was built for this moment. Um, Keep it up. I have to now. And I, yeah, it was, it, it really was stressful though, having it as like a ticking time bomb. That was a new sensation with COVID where you're just like, well, shit, if I get it, I have to, Mm. like all of a sudden the window closes where if I got it, I could recuperate, test negative and still be able to celebrate my birthday. But then that we passed that time and then I, you know, it was just that it was, it was very sweaty, very sweaty there Mm. for a few days. And then also of course, like leading up to it, you know, then the day before you're thinking like, like you're trying to manufacture symptoms. It's very psychosomatic. Yes. There on the, it was also uh, sweaty because there was a heat wave, very sweaty heat wave. Yes. Yes. And also we were getting, uh, bathroom remodel redone in our house there's all kinds of like so much this is the kind of thing where if you really don't step back and appreciate all of the sort of like stressors going on at one time um they can just wash over you and that is very much the the parenting life and it does you know it really is helpful um so in lieu of therapy, you know, feel free to start a podcast and just, <laughs> you know, 
every so often reflect on all the crazy shit that you're putting up with. It's uh, it's helpful. However, that podcast was thrown off a little by all the things that were happening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we couldn't literally couldn't be in a room together to record this. No, that was crazy. I did think about, oh, do we do the T bash setup? And do we record? Do we record this remotely? But we don't have all the gear for that, really. It's a. It was. It was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. But uh, here we are. We here we are. We did this. We um, watched this movie together before all that happened, and really, yeah, enjoyed it. I think enjoyed ourselves that time together that night. <laughs> um. And we also watched a very good uh, scary movie and a very bad scary movie. Oh, yeah. Um, For anybody who is uh, listening to this and wishing it were about a scary movie, we'll just say, check out the new Predator movie, Prey. Yes. That was great. It's on Hulu right now. Not a lot of kids. So we didn't do it for the the pod. Um, We also watched a very bad scary movie do you remember i do they slash them yes they slash them with kevin bacon and uh klumsky yep yep anna klumsky anna klumsky um really really aggressively bad um don't watch that movie it was a true waste of a very dicey hot button premise i think yeah it could have been it could have been really interesting and um I don't know what happened with that, but please don't watch it. Yeah, um, written and directed by the multiple Academy Award-winning writer of such films as Gladiator. Ah, uh, yes, um, yes. And it also prominently features the artist Pink um, twice in the movie. Her, her music. Her music. <laughs> uh, apparently because that director and writer personally likes Pink's music. Well... That's what you do when you wrote Gladiator. You just do whatever the fuck you want. That's true. Yeah, it was. Um, it's about a. It, that's we. You know, it, I was kind of hopeful that we, it would be something we could do on the podcast because, you know, it's about a. It's a horror movie set at a gay conversion camp, and it mm. stars all young people. But it's also unclear. Most of them seem to be adults, I think, so that they can try to make it sexy, which they also fail at. Because there is, it's sort of like these, a lot of kids are like either very, very late teens, like trying to be emancipated from their parents. Some are even beyond 18, but maybe like need to stay on their parents' health insurance or something. There's like, mm. there's really loose uh, reasons that they're yeah. all at the camp. Anyway, it takes place over a week, totally stinks. Um, yeah, and really, bur- like I said, burns a really, a really tough premise to get right. And now it would be a really hard thing, I think, for the right filmmakers to try to go back yeah. and do something at that at that setting. It is certainly no get out in terms of its right. like social commentary <laughs> mixed with creeps and scares. Um, yep. It's poo-poo. So yeah, skip it. Watch Prey. Very fun, uh, cool, action-packed movie. It's Indigenous great. cast. Yeah. Really cool. Um, but as far as this movie goes, Josh, um, not an indigenous cast in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Um, I had so much fun watching it. Um, do you, oh, I mean, I got to start off by saying this movie for me, I'd seen it a ton 
as a kid, like many, many times. I don't know if it was one of those, oh, there's an HBO mm, free, pre- weekend. free weekend and it was the movie that was on or if it was just one we rented a lot or something. Um, but it was it was a pretty like I know this one pretty well, even though I have not seen it in easily 25 plus years mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um yeah it really it it didn't it didn't disappoint i really thought it was funny i thought like a lot of it was funny you know yeah. there's certainly dated things about it but there's and and as a mummy and daddy movie i also liked it as a as a um as a world builder for as a world expander, little expansion pack for the mummy and daddy universe mm-hmm. here. Um, and I have to say right out of the gate, like something that certainly did not occur to me when I was watching as a child, is this the best cast? Like the most, I know it's star studded and each person is at their absolute best. Yeah. Well, okay. You can't say best for Christopher. Lloyd yeah, because that's, true. that's yeah. tough, but he, like nails it as fester in yeah. a way that's like pretty incomparable like you can't i cannot really imagine who else could do that i it was a it's like a weird choice on the one hand do, i have a question do you have any history with the adams family tv show i remember being intensely bored by it as a child yes same yeah. i i'm sure i saw some episodes on nick at night but it's not anything I sought out or watched. I've seen more Mr. Ed in my life than I've seen Adam's family. Oh God, that's another one. That's, that's very similar parallel boredom lines there. Yes. But something I think I would, I I would take all the Nick at night style stuff I could get if like visiting a grandparent's house or something. Cause mm -hmm. you, you know, it's like whatever I can do to try to stave off boredom. Um, but it never really watched it. I, I don't think I could have really, as a kid, I'm sure I conflated the Munsters and Adam's family a lot. It's oh, I'm sure. Super weird that there was like a Transformers and GoBots of like the mm-hmm. of horror sitcoms in the whatever fifties and sixties. But do so, you do you know where the Adams family came from? No. Okay, I, I'm gonna <gasps> do a little. Di- oh, I love this. I'm gonna do a little tangent here because it's so good and i'm sure lots of people do know this but i i have i had no idea um so one of the writers that's credited on the movie is charles uh adams Hmm. and charles adams was born in 1912 Hmm. his friends called him chill that was his uh nickname Hell yeah. Which That's is a really cool nickname great for, 19, for, yeah, for like, like 1920s, 100 years ago. <laughs> yeah. um, and they lived, uh, his family lived in New Jersey. And he, um, like in high school, he started drawing cartoons and he uh, became, he went to University of uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, and then he only just wanted to draw cartoons for the New Yorker. And he, what he did, he, he had like a prolific career drawing New Yorker cartoons and, uh, part like one of the series, basically like one of his things was the Adams family, 
um, kind of like in like an Edward Gorey style. Wow. Of drawing. I can and picture it. it was yeah. Ma- it was macabre. Mm. Um, and. and macabre. <laughs> it was macabre. And uh, it's a Spanish word, I believe. Oh, macabre. <laughs> and he, uh, it's all based on like his childhood in the street in New Jersey where he grew up and he was always into like really dark stuff. And um, it's like based on the house that they lived in. And at UPenn, there's um, a, a fine arts building named after him oh, and cool. a statue of the family, like of the silhouettes of the family. Wow. I know. It has such a long history. I mean, there has been shows, movies, musicals. There's been doing it so again. many. There, are you excited for Wednesday? Have you seen the trailer? No. So, yeah, um, post a link or something to the to the trailer okay, for I'll Wednesday. Um, Catherine Zeta-Jones. As, oh, the movie is called Wednesday? It's a show. It's a show and called it's Wednesday? by Tim Burton. Huh. Who was originally tapped to do the movie? Obviously. But what was he working on, Josh? Can you, can you figure that out? What was okay. he too busy working on in 1993? Oh, 93. You're going to get doing Nightmare Before Christmas already. (sighs) No, Batman Returns. Um, Max Guess who else was tapped to do this movie Uh, or to do uh, Adam's Family? What, another director? Mm Mm-hmm. Kind of would have been cool if Terry Gilliam had actually done this movie. Although I have to say, I'm kind of glad that it's not one of, like, you know, this was his first film, uh, Barry, Barry guy. What's his name? Barry Sonnenfeld. Yeah, it was his first movie, and um, he it did this really well. This was his first movie, mm-hmm. or the first Adam Family was the first. Yeah, yeah, he did the first one too. Yeah. I wasn't sure if he did. I didn't really know that, but it was his first movie, and Adam's Family Values did better. Yes, than Adam's Family. I. He, it is a better movie. If I mean, if memory serves at all, it was this was the one that you rewatch because it was funnier and more like insane. I think they just realized like the first one must have just done well enough that it was like okay, cool, we've got something here, but maybe not well enough that it was like. I'm sorry. It ha- it got better reviews. It actually did worse at the box oh, office. Okay, well, never mind. Um, <laughs> sorry, I, I knew it was something, some thing like that. Like it got. Like the, it flipped, mm-hmm. um, but well, no, okay. he was he was a DP and he had done um, he had done like Raising Arizona and Miller's Crossing. What? Yeah, yeah. Boy, I had no idea. I'm surprised I didn't know that. I was a big Cohen head. Well, that's why that's why you do a podcast. <laughs> do you ever see that SNL sketch, Cohen heads? No, no, gosh. it's not a real thing. But I oh, <laughs> uh, I. Um, oh god we're doing great i'm we doing are. great so I'm, go ahead um b- i wanted to talk about uncle fester here okay. for a second because it is funny to think about like who else could have played him i'm sure a million other people could have played him because it's a very weird character and i think kind of i Ill- don't know christopher lloyd's comedic timing is Oh yeah, he's unbelievable. Great. He's super fucking weird. That like the His body eyeballs. suit that he's wearing in this is so strange. Um <laughs> especially for all the grief that we give uh you know, aging up 
young actors and fatting up thin actors to to play them to put um to, okay to, to put christopher lloyd tell. in like a cardboard bell to play uh, uncle fester but you could still tell that it's him he wasn't trying to like become a different person he wasn't like jared leto it's true yeah. but i also uh, watching jared leto as the character in uncle fester no, no, Jared Leto as the character he played in the Gucci movie uh-huh. as Fester. Wow. So he has to be that character. Okay. Playing. <laughs> yeah, I like that that's work. the kind of that's the exact kind of work. role he's ready to sink his teeth into. His Morbius teeth. We'll see. Wow, wow, we're doing it all tonight. I, um, I really. I find it so funny. Like, there's just two things, though, about Fester. One. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. It's okay. I just want to say his voice is insane. It is not. It turns out in trying to pull just that clip of uh, or the still, I should say, for our our sort of like technical difficulties still about us all being sick with COVID. And I pulled up, found an old Adams Family episode where a doctor is coming to visit Uncle Fester. Um a house call for uncle fester anyway he doesn't sound anything like christopher lloyd's character he's doing his own thing it's really wild and he's also in this movie he's obviously like supposed to be the most absurd ever but i also kind of think that he's like the realist character in this movie Outside of the kids, probably, right? He's the realist adult in this in a way because I do think this is all these sort of like um, incels in America would act this way if confronted by uh, like a Joan Cusack at their door, like showing any vague interest in it would just be like, oh, boy. Um, And definitely... Mm. all of them would like I'm sure like 80% of their first dates do also like call back shoving breadsticks up their nose yeah that gets like a one smile thing and then he tries to do it again later I was like oh that feels really real that feels very um yeah very on point so um yeah well I mean there's a little nugget of truth in all these characters yeah truth and comedy but believe it yeah. yeah um no but everybody's so good in this it is the craziest gi- most gigantic um like from the bit parts to the like in cameos and stuff oh, to absolutely. obviously the leads it's the most stacked I mean Peter Mac MacNichol MacNichol oh Peter yeah MacNichol is the camp director <clears throat> when he showed up I was like oh we got it all. Yeah. We got it all here. Um, Christine Baranski, she's so good and so funny. And it, it just felt like, I mean, every role is kind of packed with uh, with people that you love. Carol Kane. Oh, yeah. From yeah. Scrooge and Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Hell yeah. She's amazing she's a in joy. it. She's joy. She's so good. Um, she's a scene stealer in a great way. I mean, I do think like everything she's in. Oh yeah, you're delighted to see her yeah. every single time. So good, and yeah. uh, I guess this is a, this is a little bit of a, where where are they now? Mm. Shall I? It's Mummy and Daddy's totally awesome. Where are they now? <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, Pugsley Adams. Oh boy, 
What do you think he's up to? Not acting. Technically, no, but he's still on IMDb. He's still there. They let him keep his profile. <laughs> no. The things that he's done are listed on IMDb. Oh, is he a creature effects person? No. Oh. Gonna want to go down the call sheet a bit. Ooh, he's a gaffer. His name is Jimmy Workman. This might help you. Okay. And that is, he is like <laughs> a, uh, he's a grip or something. He's no. doing, he's doing further down. Further down. He's a PA. Okay, a little bit up, a little up, a little up. Uh, coordinator. He is a transpo coordinator. What the hell? And you better believe I'm going to be looking out for you, Jimmy. Because Jimmy Workman, transpo coordinator. I feel as though he has very like disparate TV credits. And I feel as though that means he's got to be working in commercials as a as yeah. a driver or something or as a gang boss. Um, I'm on the hunt to find Pugsley Adams. That's crazy. I know. He was just like, I don't know. I guess I'll just like do this. I just want to hang around and keep it up. Like yeah. keep keep doing stuff, but I don't want to act anymore. Maybe Unlike Pubert. The really? baby. Pubert the baby was played by twin girls. I did see that in the credits. Yes. So cool. They only only other credit. They played twins on a show. I'll give you one guess, a sitcom. Adam's family. You wish. Oh. Sort of. Actually, a weird postmodern version of the Adams Family called Home Improvement. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) I know your mind is blown. Um, Yeah, so there are a lot of things that we loved about this movie. We had a great time watching it. Uh, Probably not going to watch it at Thanksgiving. No, that's wrong. It's wrong. It is not a Thanksgiving movie. This is, they do a, they're just putting Peter McNichol's vision, his, he does a play every year and he decided to do something about the first Thanksgiving because he's like super white and wanted to show that off to the rich parents of the summer camp. Yeah. If anything, it's an indigenous people's day movie. Yeah, yeah, that is that is uh, true. That the whole thing kind of has, it's very '90s. The whole like energy of, of of that. It's like the right spirit of everything that happens there um, at the summer camp show, but sort of like the wrong messenger and just like a little bit nihilistic in this way. That's just like very Gen X. Mm. And. Mm. Mm. I smell a college essay. <laughs> I might just write it, you know? I think it's about time. We have time. We have boatloads of time. I loved this so much, so ahead of its time. The intro to the camp directors, after they intro themselves, they intro the camp. We're the honors and directors here at Camp Chippewa, America's foremost facility for privileged young adults. And we're all here to learn, to grow, and to just plain have fun! Because that's what being privileged is all about! <laughs> he does. He keeps doing this, like, heel-to-butt kick, like, up in the air. Yes. It's really, really good. I feel like Janine Garofalo should have been in this movie. Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah, she could have definitely... I'm sure they tried to get her, and she was probably against it because it felt like 
oh, you're just trying to get my slacker energy in this or something. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, she could have also played this other camp director and gone super big with it. I that is delivery. It's almost like Bobcat Goldthwait at the end. It's so good, mm-hmm. just really funny, and just talking about the, the fact that it's a camp for privileged young adult, privileged young adults. I love the acknowledgement that the Adams. This whole movie is is full that like the Adams family is wealthy. There is an ancient fortune, which is what Joan Cusack is also trying mm-hmm. to get. I love seeing how that extends to the, the kids. And it's the, mm-hmm. they go, even though uh, it's all a ploy by Joan Cusack to get them out of the house because they know too much, that they are able to send them to the waspy rich kids camp for the entire summer. <laughs> yeah. Which is a much different experience, I have to say, than uh, day camps. I know, I'm sure we've talked about it on the show before. Like, I did go to sleepaway camp as a kid that was run through, like, our church diocese. That Yeah, and how old were you? I was, I think, between 9 and 14. Every summer? Went every summer for, oh. like, two weeks. It's wild. Oh, my God, that's wild. It's my favorite place on earth. I truly loved it. I thought I would be a counselor there. And the only thing that stopped me was that I couldn't stomach the idea of being away from my friends for the entire summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, I would have. I truly truly was like my favorite place to be. And it was so fun. And it was this style in, in, in terms of activities, right? Like it's the it's the classic like swimming, canoeing, archery yeah. arts and crafts kind of thing and um just super fun so i i love it i do think it's a great place for horror and that and so it was a cool thing to see did like, anything to... scary ever happen to you no other than being freaked out like we would tell ghost stories counselors would tell ghost stories and you realize now they're like 17 years old at best you know yeah actually that's not true they're probably some in their early 20s and you're so little and so impressionable and you think they're so cool, but like you would think that you're impressionable enough to think that maybe the things they're saying are real. And then they would do things like night walks and stuff like that. And I remember being just truly terrified some mm. nights, but I don't remember why, like what the stories were or, you know, I don't recall like camp legends or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Darn. But there would try to be a great place to share that story. But I don't I don't have that. And that's probably why I have such a great memory of it. That camp is gone now. It's like houses. So but there is one in Maine. Yes. That we're looking into for young Wu. Yes. Perhaps since your father and mother were both counselors there. Yes. Your father and mother were both counselors and your father and your stepmom are now living in Maine. Yes. Coastal Maine, and we have a report. The kids are creepy, all right. Oh. Our cousin who, Mm. um, who is Wu's age. Yes. Cousin Cousin who. Cousin who. Cousin who. Who is. Wu's age was just visiting your father and stepmom in uh, in Maine in the new house. Well, it's an old house. Yes, new to them, old to the ghosts. Exactly. 
and reported to Uncle Caleb that he thinks he's being watched in the house. Whoa! Yep. So we may have some digging around to do in Belfast. Wow. See what's going on in that house. Yeah. Spooky scary. Oh my gosh. The kids are going to come back from camp and they're going to find us all uh, possessed probably. Yeah. By former camp camp counselors. Yep. Who used to live in that very house. Your dad and mom. Oh no. They're go 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 Possessed by your own parents. Oh man. <laughs> Sometimes it feels that way, doesn't oh, it? Oh boy, doesn't it? Um yeah, but also, um speaking of cousins, never forget who plays cousin it in this movie. Do you remember? This is a bit of mummy and daddy trivia. We no. have talked about this before. Uh Steve Buscemi. I wish, and that's incorrect. Hank Azaria. Again, incorrect. Um, Does the name John Franklin ring a bell? Oh, he was in Children of the Corn. Yes. Yes. Yes, indeed. Isaac. Isaac. Oh, yes. Such, such, such an unfortunate picture on IMDb. I don't know why they would do that to him. Um, he he's just pretty much known for Children of the Corn and Adam's Family. Whoa! I bet you, I bet you he was gunning to be Gomez. Couldn't what? you see? No, he's tiny, tiny. Yes, but I in the, I I believe in those original funnies. Mm. If I'm picturing this artwork correctly, or maybe I'm even just thinking of the recent animated film. Yeah, he is a little like stocky guy. Gomez. He is not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you know who plays him in the new show? No, I don't know anything oh, about it. It's exciting. Um, it is Luis Guzman. Oh, so, yeah. See, that's what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Like, yeah, Luis Guzman but, but is like, uh, is like a no neck kind of guy. Yeah. You but like, John Franklin is like a very tiny. He looks like a child. Oh, yeah. That a, would be a, a child of the, the corn. Maybe they tried him, they outfitted him in that same bodysuit, the fester suit. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit too silly. Um, yeah, this this. Um, I think that Catherine Zeta Jones might be the next best person, apart from Angelica Houston, to be oh. Morticia. She is truly perfect. Truly perfect. Oh, what an amazing cast! It's so good. It's I and doing that weird lighting of, on her eyes in every shot was so cool. Um, I, oh. That's what you get when you get a DP making his directorial debut. Oh, you're so right. Hmm. They just care. You now know? we know. I feel like there's also like a certain modernness, modernity, a certain modernity to this movie. Like, Moderna? A certain Moderna. Shout out Anthony Fauci. Oh, he's retiring. <laughs> That's right. What a slacker. What a slacker. 81 years old. Or he's been working government for that long? Something like that. Oh. Coming in hot, Josh. (laughs) Nobody's safe on Mummy and Daddy. We're coming at you. I I did want to say that, like, there are some some really, like, um, I feel like ahead of their time bits and stuff in this. While there's, there's enough stuff that is maybe, like, kind of cringier would probably be cut from a newer version of an Adams family thing jokes you wouldn't 
do anymore. Like you wouldn't tell Fester to marry a woman who won't press charges. Um, right. But, um, it, you know, I love the, I mean, maybe this has always been a thing with raising kids, but like there's even just some of these quick quips and stuff that really, really struck me as a parent watching this for the first time mm -hmm. that I certainly would not have given two seconds of thought to as a child. But as Gomez is laying in bed with Fester because Fester is dreaming like a child of Joan Cusack, who, by the way, is like a total bombshell in this. Oh my God. It's really it's really wild that nobody ever like I don't think there's ever been a movie. She's always even just been like the older sister or something. I know. You know right. Like it's, it's crazy. It's really wild. But in talking about how lucky he is and what a life Fester could have, Gomez says this. I hope that someday you'll know the indescribable joy of having children and of paying someone else to raise them. Mm. <laughs> it's perfect. It's so perfect, especially uh, especially as like another rich person jab. I mean, we all have to deal, like we all are, are paying for childcare and um, living that life. But it is really, it is really funny that they, this like hyper wealthy family on their third kid. And this mm -hmm. is like, uh, it's such a good one. Um, but most importantly, though, is this, this Morticia moment that I think that we both gravitated towards. And I know it's something we've, you have certainly talked about on the show before. My darling, it's you I'm worried about. The stress, all this squabbling. Oh, I'll be fine. I'm just like any modern woman, trying to have it all. A loving husband, a family. It's just I wish I had more time to seek out the dark forces and join their hellish crusade. That's all. You can, you shall, so it must be. But how? But how? But how? She's perfect in this, so good. Uh... Yeah, I don't think that if I had seen this, uh, you know, at the time or even any time before having kids, um, the parts that scared me were the parts with Pubert. They put Pubert in a lot of dangerous yes. situations. And um, apart from the very end when he's like... Uh, riding around on like a roller skate and oh like, yeah that's yeah, not yeah. That scary insane. but <laughs> at, every time wednesday and pugsley try to kill him um it's wonderfully done like it it's oh, yeah. just he he's you know the twins playing him um are just like the cutest chubbiest little babies cherubic yes and um and I really, uh, I was getting the willies watching it. Oh, totally. I mean, because we know it's not they're going to successfully kill this baby. But you're even just thinking about like the the filmmaking aspect of it. Mm -hmm. You're still like, like that's like whatever fake guillotine that is is yep. still you know. It's enough of a real guillotine. It would hurt. It would hurt that baby. Oh, and you also know that like now all of that would be done 100% CGI. There wouldn't have been a real baby. Right, which is why which was why it was creepy and why it was good. Yep. So oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. And it also wasn't like and I I'm kind of glad that it wasn't Tim Burton because it wasn't this like overly stylized like 
I mean, it it is in that, you know, you're, you're totally in the world of the Adams family, but it's not like whimsical. It's just there are like cobwebs all over the house. And I remember when we were watching it, um, just being like, yep, like that's that's how my house feels right now. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> you're relating to the Adams family. It's like, mm-hmm. it, but yeah, you're right, because it doesn't have that kind of. Uh, Edward Scissorhands, yeah, like House on the Hill thing, yeah, because they're just it, supposed to be the creepy house on the street that, right. but they're otherwise a normal family, you know, like or they're involved with normal day to day activities, and you, you still see the places where these kind of uh, butt heads and where they're trying to mix with um, nor- quote unquote normal society, quote unquote normal. Um, they, but they feel really. Uh, it does feel very like real and like kind of grounded in this absurd yeah. way. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not like these, you know, if you watch the trailer for the new show, I mean, it looks good, but it does look very, very stylized and, you know, and Wednesday's clothes are very bespoke and, you know, like she, she just looks like a normal kid and she's not wearing like a ton of makeup in, you know, as mm. Christina Ricci and it all just feels very, real and fun and creepy and not like oh i know i'm just in the world of the adams family now it's like what is gonna happen to that baby you know what what the fuck's gonna happen to that baby like yeah yeah and then yeah and then like when pubert starts to turn into like a good kid Mm -hmm. right yeah yeah when he's sick yeah he's (laughs) sick and he starts you know being very uh angelic and they're all very worried. And the nursery turns into this like fairy tale nursery. And yes, so it has it's all sunny. And... It has that effect of like of of the transformation, but also like there's whimsy there, but then it like turns back into a gross, like old creepy house. Yes. And you're I don't know, it's just more fun, I think. And it also the contrast there between their house even though they are wealthy and it's a big house, but it's just like neglected because they're all weirdos Yeah. versus Joan Cusack when she moves into her like mansion and it's all very rich right? Um, and clean. And she, you know, comes down the stairs just like Morticia, but it's all, she's all in white. It, it has a good contrast there. And the, like, I just feel like it would have all been on the same plane if it was Tim Burton. Ooh, you know? that's interesting. Yeah. Like, would he have been able to do like make literally this movie? Mm-mm. I mean, this is just so it's so silly from start to finish. And I don't, I'm trying to think what's the funny is, I mean, Pee-wee's big adventure is probably like the funniest Tim Burton movie. Right, I mean, he doesn't. Everything else is Beetlejuice like, is funny. Beetlejuice is really funny. It is also, it is also dark. I'm trying to think like where this is. Go- yeah, just like pure goofs. Um, yeah, you got the the actual writer, like wrote Sister Act, Paul Rudnick. You know. It's oh like, yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah, right, it's right, somebody right. funny. Yeah, well, writing like probably wrote for like billy crystal at the oscars <laughs> right right um I think he wrote like in and out there you go yep yep um very fun oh. i mean well an amazing amazing scene when joan cusack meets gomez at the door and, and says oh he's a lady killer and gomez's response is acquitted which is 
brilliant. And I, my big takeaway for that, for this podcast, is that that is the line that parents should use when someone calls your infant or toddler son a lady killer. Mm. Because they will. They'll sexualize your little baby, especially for boys. And I mean, especially, oh, especially for, for girls. I mean, in that way. So I'm just talking about the lady killer comment. Yes, they will sexualize <laughs> your baby girls as well. They they know no bounds, boundaries at all. Um, but when someone does, remember that line. Oh, he's a lady killer. Actually, he was acquitted. Yep. Would be so good. Should we rate this movie? Oh, dang. Yeah. I want people to chime in on what uh, Tim Burton's funniest movie is. Yeah. What's your favorite <laughs> Tim Burton joke? Oh, well, I mean, it's not his jokes. He doesn't. He doesn't write it. He doesn't. But I don't think he's directing okay, well, he's sc- only written... screenplays he doesn't do what he wants with oh no he wrote edward scissorhands he wrote nightmare before christmas he wrote frank and weenie right but none of the none of the sillies none of the sillies well that settles that um ah planet of the apes there boom batman forever was that funny no i mean kind i mean i'd love to rewatch that i've been thinking about that a lot that was a Showtime free preview for me. Watch Batman, Batman Returns. Batman Returns. I watched Batman Returns like a hundred times in one weekend (laughs) because it was just on. I remember falling asleep in the middle of the day watching it and just kept watching it when I woke up. It was really sad. Yeah. Sad. But also really fun. Okay. All right. Let's read this movie. Okay. Do we have a button for reading things yet? No, should we? I mean, it would be nice. Listeners, we're, you know, I blame COVID for everything uh, this month. Yeah. So September 13th, get ready. It's going to come at you fast. How about this? How about this for one? Yeah, I love to talk, film, discuss, to critique. You want to see a film with me? That's wonderful. We can do that as our rating button. Great. Um, it's from The Exorcist. If anyone doesn't so know, couldn't tell. Okay. Um, Josh. Mm-hmm. How many... How many paper stocks and bonds do you give Adam's family values out of... <laughs> <laughs> As Fester would say. Out of uh, one million. Gosh. How many paper stocks and bonds? I think of a million stocks and bonds. I feel like I should say a million if I get to keep them. Um, I'll give it 7,500,001. 7 million? Or out of a million, 750,001 papers, stocks, and bonds. 750,001. Wow, it just seems low. You like loved this movie so much. I mean, I do I think there's a few like <laughs> has issues and I I think even um you just dial back at all. You're like, yeah, yeah no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just saying it's really fun. <laughs> what is it like 
essential viewing. No, but it's really fun and funny. I'm giving it a 75. I mean, it's, I don't know. It's really good. It is a good movie, but like that's, that's where I'm at. I feel, I feel good about that. Good. How many do you want you to defend your, I mean, what a cast. The bodysuit thing is weird. But it's also pretty iconic when Fester is doing the wolf howl in the opening. He gets to do his light bulb thing. He, you know. Yeah. He got the whole dinner sequence in the cave restaurant is is really It's great. beautifully over the top. It's true. I'm going to give it 80. Uh, sorry. 855,000. 580. <laughs> okay, that's a good number. That's easy. That makes sense. Uh, uh, um, easy to, uh, to also convert that to other rating systems if anybody needs Out to. of 1 million paper, oh. stocks, and bonds. Holy cow. Um, okay. How many... Do you want to defend that decision at all? I just feel like you're judging it based, like, I feel feel like you're judging it for some reason all of a sudden, like, compared to every other movie ever made when you just, like, really enjoyed the movie. And uh, the 75... No, you're right. 75, you're, 75% seems so low. You're right. You're right. I don't know. Maybe it's a perfect movie. What can I say? <laughs> Couldn't Look, do. you you made your choice. Yeah, no, I still feel good about it. I think it's really fun. I had a smile on my face watching it. Um, that was creepy. It just plastered across my face. Um, and I recommend that everybody watch it. If you've made it this far into the... it's Even with everything <sighs> we've talked about. We talked a lot about the movie. It is a... it's It still is just really fun. Tons of jokes, laughs aplenty. Um, uh, okay. How many boom boxes in the bathtub oh. do, do you give the children of Adam's Family Values 1993? Out of? Out of. Okay, let's see. There are seven letters in the word boombox, so seven boomboxes. Okay, seven out of seven boomboxes. You cannot fuck with this. the kids in this movie. Absolutely. Christina Ricci, Jimmy Workman. The best trans The twin puberts. The the mm-hmm. tr- and not Tori Spelling. Like, yeah. Oh, and, oh, and. Yo, Col- do it. And doesn't count quite as a child, but the babysitter in the beginning mm-hmm. is Cynthia Nixon of... Uh, Holy shit, the hippie one? Yeah. Oh uh, my gosh, of, of cinnamon, Sex and City. And cinnamon raisin what? bagels yes. with salmon, yes. Okay, we uh, let's all not joke about what she's famous for in our household, which is the atrocity <sighs> bagel. They could be running mates someday. That's really fun to think about. Boo, our child, uh-huh. and uh, Cynthia Nixon? Yep, that's right. Well. You heard it here first. <laughs> um, election season is underway. I, 
Uh, what no, about you, you? Just can't you can't mess with these kids and all the other campers. David Crumholtz as oh, yeah. the boyfriend in it. He's so good. Yeah, you know, he's great as the allergic nerd. Also, in you know, everything you've ever seen, he's in everything. Yeah, 100% and he plays the allergic nerd in everything. Um, and he's so good. And and uh, Christina Ricci obviously is like. Um, an all-time great, but she smiles at the end. Yes, yes. She Carol. smiles at the end of this movie, and you just see her character in Yellow Jackets, and you're like, "Holy shit!" Like you, this is the character you're born to play. It's the same character on Yellow Jackets. Like you're just a psychopath. Like that's so funny. It's not where I thought you were gonna go with it. Because oh. I remember when I was eleven watching this and being like, I'm in love with Christina Ricci in that one second when she smiles. Where oh. I'm like, because she was already like a teen yeah. sensation. Oh yeah. Of course. But much to her demise. And then it's like, well, it's Wednesday. As a kid, you're not like, she's not trying to be cute, you know? But then when she does, so I, I like have a vivid like memory mm. of that moment. So I'm like, oh my God, Christina Ricci. She's so hot. So hot. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. She, um, she's smart and dark and funny and also got like goth style. I yep. don't know. I don't. Yeah, I. I was just. There is just that one moment where she smiles, and um, it was powerful. Clearly right. for both of us. How many boom boxes? Seven, in of course. Good. Shout out to Pugsley. He definitely. I mean, he should have done more acting. He's really fun in this, and is a really good comedic partner for Wednesday. Mm -hmm. They they really work well together. I love his choice. Maybe they are still friends. I love. I would love that. I hope so. That would make me really happy. Another thing that would make me really happy is if you just don't be a creep. Get in touch. Email us at mummyxdeady at gmail.com. We are on Twitter and Facebook at mummyxdeady. Instagram, where we do our best work, mummyxdeadypod. Visit us on the internet for show notes and more at mummyxdeady.com. It will be updated shortly. Ooh, and if you like what you hear, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And hey, tell a friend. Our theme music is by Kyle Andrews. Our logo was designed by Dara Weinberg. Maggie Spaulding is a complete mint condition set of serial killer collector's cards. Bye. Bye. Are you enjoying this? To think. A child of mine. I know it is wet, and the sun is not sunny. But we can have lots of good fun. It is funny. Oh no. He lives.